NRL teams. Stunned by the Rabbitohs, it's sudden death for the Panthers, but they get their big guns back in the car. It was a quiet night for Tommy Turbo. We look at what the Roosters can learn for their battle with Mammon's main man. That's not the only issue facing Trent Robinson with a major injury out for the Tricolors. And the Eels make a change of their own as they prepare to go one better in 2021. Hello and welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Nevi Bowens. Awesome to have your company as we head into week two of the finals. No more second chances. All knockout footy from here. A couple of blokes who know plenty about knockout footy. Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrow. Hello. Hello, Neve. How are we going? How are you? Very well. Good to see you both and absolutely delighted to see that you ditched that Liverpool shirt before you came <laughs> <to the studio. laughs> to wear it. Yeah. yeah. An alarm yeah, went off it. as you entered the studio. Yeah. Like, bleep, bleep, this cannot happen. What did we learn from week one of the finals? Because as much as we thought we had our tips, Noddy, mm. nailed in the lead up, there was one pretty big surprise in there. Yeah, I think we got the Melbourne Storm like the Melbourne Storm are. That was very professional, good performance, come out and probably made a pretty big statement, flexed their muscles. Uh, obviously, South Sydney was a massive upset over Penrith. Um, and now Latrell Mitchell, we sort of, in some regards, gave him no hope, really, but it was one of the best offensive performances of the season and the super coach got his side up um, 35 years of coaching he sort of knows how to get it right at this time yeah. of year so and the other two games the, the Roosters they survive when they yeah. shouldn't have potentially and um, Parramatta that, that was they probably need a lift out of the whole whole weekend yeah well it's funny because we thought the Melbourne Manly game was going to be the tight contest of the weekend <laughs> and it turned out that that was the only one that was a blowout yeah. and the other three the Gold Coast were, were enormous against uh, the Roosters uh, so unlucky not to win that game. Newcastle came close to beating Parramatta and no one really gave them a chance and no one gave the Rabbitohs a chance and they put in an outstanding performance now and have earned themselves a week off. You mentioned that Friday night game where we had the big build-up and we were so sure that Des Hasler's men would be absolutely up for this battle. Did Melbourne lull us into a bit of a false sense of security in some ways? Because Craig Bellamy seems to have this incredible knack of flicking the switch at the perfect moment. They played very well. I think we thought it was going to be the game of the season. We sort of thought Manly would challenge a bit better than they, they have. I think the last three clashes between these sides in the semi-finals, the scoreline's been exactly the same. So it's been 40 points to 12. So it's probably not a shock uh, if you go back through the history. Melbourne's in inconsistent form the last few weeks was resting players, players injured, um, giving the opportunity to nail that performance in week one. Um, they did their job. They played great. They, they, they've, you know, it, it opens up who's going to beat Melbourne now? I mean, the minor premiers, they've, they've always been there, but, you know, it's, someone's going to have to play the house down because they're not going to beat themselves. Yeah, they were absolutely incredible. And the Rabbitohs, as we mentioned there, the surprise packet, really, of week one of the finals mm. because, Robbie, a lot of people had counted them out. Have we misjudged this side in some ways? Well, I think credit goes to, to Wayne Bennett, the coaching staff there. He's obviously been there for, you know, been around for a long time. He knows how to time their run properly, and, and they were at their best on the weekend. Defensively, they were better than they've been in a long time. Uh, really shut them out, thought their halves were outstanding. Uh, probably got the points over the, the origin halves in, in Cleary and Luai. Um, Blake Taff at the back, uh, obviously Wayne Bennett put his yeah. trust in him, a young kid, and he's gone out there and played the house down for him. Made a, made a mistake early and everyone sort of uh, held their breath a little bit for him, but um, yeah, he, he bounced back from that and had an outstanding game. So, uh, and. and for them now to be on the other side of the draw to Melbourne, have the week off, that's a, that's a massive win, a massive win. They're going into their fourth prelim final in a row. They've lost their last three. 
Um, but I think they go in now with a lot more confidence. Uh, the week off uh, is a massive bonus at this time of year. And uh, I think fourth time lucky for the Rabbitohs. I think they'll, they'll be there in the grand final. On the topic of confidence, let's have a look at how the guys went with their predictions from week one of the finals. The man of the match of every game is going to be a fullback. I think the Storm win by one point. Penrith will win comfortably. Roosters only because of big game experience. And I've got golden point in the Parramatta Newcastle game. Full time, Parramatta 28, Newcastle 20. <laughs> uh, a familiar sound effect, at least, there at the end. You like that, day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought the fullbacks played well on the weekend. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I agree. I, I would have gave every fullback man the match if I was no. judging it. Yeah, and there's a very good reason why we don't let either of you judge whether or not yeah. these predictions are correct. Yeah. It is four o'clock, which means our teams have dropped for week two of the finals. Let's have a look at the first game coming up this weekend in Mackay. The Sea Eagles up against the Roosters Friday night, 7.50pm kickoff at BB Print Stadium. Manly Warringah first and just the one change for Desi's side. Lachlan Croker is back at hooker. He was a late withdrawal last week with a back issue so Carl Lawton shifts to the bench and Curtis Sirenen drops out of the 17. Daly Terry Evans and Kieran Foran are the only two remaining Sea Eagles who played last time these sides met in the finals, the grand final in fact back in 2013 and a big shout out to Marty Tapao who will run out for his 200th NRL match this weekend. For the Roosters, Sam Verrills has been named. He's facing a two-week ban, but he'll challenge that high tackle charge at the judiciary tonight. Ben Marshkey is in Jersey 20 if he's needed. And COCWA Takiaho has been ruled out with a leg injury, so Nat Butcher comes onto the bench. Let's talk Seagulls first, gents. And the Storm managed to keep Tommy Turbo pretty quiet last weekend by Tommy's standards. He is your game breaker again this week, Noddy. Talk to us about whether it is Tommy himself who needs to really fire this weekend or indeed the team and those around him to allow him that space. Yeah, well, it was really hard for him. They did a lot of yardage since last week. The Melbourne Storm had a, you know, I think they made one error the first half and made two or three errors the second half. So they, they didn't, you know, Jerome Hughes kicked the ball only on three occasions. So Tom didn't get the ball with lots of space. They ran the ball a lot. lot. So Tom's stats for 2021, he's played 15 games, 25 tries, 27 try assists, 35 line break assists and average is 221 metres. Last week, 15 runs, 151 run metres. So he was down 70 metres. No tries, no line breaks, no line break assist. So they literally just shut Tom down altogether. But it's not just Tom that wins the game for him. So the forwards need to defend the house down. They need to make sure the opposition kicks from their side of the halfway so there's space between Tom and the defensive line. They need to get some momentum to allow Ford and Cherry Evans to play a bit of football in the back of and bring Tom onto the ball when the opposition's going backwards. The one thing I thought Melbourne did very, very well is they didn't, no one come out of the line defensively to try and get Tom on their own. They were happy to concede 20 metres on the edge as long as they knew Tom wasn't making a line break. So it's a, it's, it's a blueprint that the other clubs will use now because we, we were wondering how Craig Bellamy would stop Tom and he stopped him. Yeah, they'll be watching <laughs> tapes of that yeah. for sure moving forward. You mentioned there the discipline of the Storm. They yeah. played mistake-free footy. The Seagulls, on the other hand, Robbie, didn't have that same discipline, did make errors. How do they bounce back this weekend from what in reality was a bit of a hiding? Yeah, it was. And you know, we spoke about their ability or inability to, to compete with the top four sides this year. I think that's six games now where they haven't been in the top four side. And... 
Uh, their first try came off, uh, Melbourne's first try came off the back of a, a Eagles error, Seagulls error. And, and from there, you know, Melbourne are a tough team to play uh, you know, when they've got a lead. They're, they're really good front runners. And Manly just seemed to get you know, very frustrated. Um, they lost their way a little bit. Came up with a lot of unforced errors. As, as Noddy said, Melbourne had a plan around nullifying Tommy Turbo's impact on the game and, and they carried, that, carried out that plan for 80 minutes. And um, I think for the Eagles now, they just need to go back to, to what they know best. They can't lose too much confidence because you know, they've, they've obviously played great footy throughout the year. Um, you know, they're playing a Rooster side now that um, obviously off the back of last week's win, you know, they're going to be tough to beat as well. But you know, I think for the Seagulls... Um, yeah, they understand they come up against a pretty pretty red-hot side on the weekend. Uh, don't lose too much confidence. Go back into this game, uh, week's game and, and work, do what's been working best for you throughout the year. Looking at that Roosters side then, obviously whether or not Sam Verrills gets off his charge tonight is going to have a big impact mm. on how the Roosters ultimately line up on the weekend. But let's assume he does get off. Are you happy with that same halves combination, Noddy, of Lockie Lamb and Drew Hutchison, even though they've changed jerseys this weekend? Yeah, that's right. Well... It's, I felt like they've gone to this role because it's, it makes them potentially a better defensive team and it gets them more to build a game of football and not beat themselves. But last week they had a 67% completion rate, so they nearly beat themselves. They, they actually nearly gave the Titans a game to win there in the end. But, but you know, they look like going ahead and they dropped the ball and conceded some tries. So, um, you know, Sam Walker come up with two massive plays. The biggest play was obviously nailing the field goal when, when he had to kick it. And then he got fended off when they made the line break. And he's the player that comes back and helps Tedesco to make the cover tackle. So, you know, he's played eight minutes of football. But he did, <laughs> yeah. you know, out of eight minutes, he did two of the biggest things that required for the Roosters to play this weekend. So mm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Ferrells, for example, gets charged or doesn't get off his charge. I wouldn't be surprised if Lamb plays dummy half and they bring Sam Walker in and they just uh, go into the all-out attack mode knowing that they've got good players. It, you know, it makes us a bit vulnerable defensively. Um, for, especially for the big back rollers that Manly have got, but that's potentially their best outcome. There's a really interesting article on NRL.com today, if you haven't read it, about Sam Walker mm -hmm. taking the he should start or he should start on the bench arguments and taking yeah. either side of those arguments. Mm. Robbie, can we have that argument here on the desk <laughs> now? If you were to argue why Sam Walker should start this game, what have you got for me? Oh, well, obviously he's he's been outstanding for him throughout the year. Uh, you know, he's 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 got that X factor. Uh, he, he provides him with a lot more points, I think, in my opinion. You know, whilst defensively he might be a bit more of a liability, I think he provides him with a lot of points. Um, and he, he's got no fear. I think if yeah. you throw him in there this weekend, I don't think he'll be overawed by the occasion. Uh, yeah, he's a confident kid uh, from day one. As soon as he got his debut. He stepped in like he's been playing for years and um, I don't think he'd be overall by it if he did get a starting position. You mentioned the fact that it does tighten things up defensively, yeah. leaving him on the bench and going with Hutchison and Lamb in the halves. Why would you take that approach, Noddy? Why should he start on the bench? Well, I don't know. That's obviously the approach they took a few weeks ago to get back. You know, they had some players that were missing. This is the best roster they can put together for now. Um, you know, they've still got some senior players. I think it's about building a game plan and staying controlled in, in your game. So you think about Drew Hutchison, he's that good game manager. Um, I, I don't know why they moved, decided to change Sam Walker a few weeks ago. Maybe it's his, his young age, uh, maybe it's the first semi-final, maybe it was starting to... We don't know if he's a bit drained or, mm. you know, on playing big minutes for the first season of his career. He's 18 years of age, the kid. You know, he's handled it unbelievably, but... Um, if they want to win and they want to have the approach of scoring more points and backing themselves through their attack and having better field position by playing more attacking options, you pick Sam Walker. 
I think regardless this weekend, he's going to see a lot more time. Yeah. Because if, if Verrills does miss a game and uh, Maskey comes in, yeah. I don't think Maskey can get through the 80 minutes. Yeah, you probably play you know, 40 to 50 minutes. Yeah. Like Noddy said, I think Lamb moves to dummy half and you bring Sam Walker on. So if he does start on the bench, now last week he came on for the last maybe seven or eight yeah, minutes, it might have been, and the same the week before. But I think regardless this weekend, whether he starts or starts on the bench, he's going to be seeing a lot more game time. And I'm sure he'll bring that same ice-cold mentality yeah. that we've seen him nail so many times this season. Robbie, Teddy Tedesco looked like he was doing it single-handed at times last weekend. He's your game-breaker this week. Yeah, he is. And you're right. Yeah, there was four Teddy Tedescos on the week. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he plays first receiver. He gets in the dummy half. He's out the back of shifts. And uh, in the second half there where uh, the Roosters were really struggling, he really took it upon himself to, to play that captain's knock and, and get them to that victory. And... Uh, He's just got so many you know, weapons in his arsenal. Uh, as I said there, he just pops up all around the park. Uh, he's an inspirational captain. And for them to, to beat the Eagles this week, and uh, he's got to be at his best. And it, obviously coming up against... Yeah, there's always been that debate. Well, there's that debate now on who's the best fullback in the world. Is it Tedesco? Is it Turbo? And uh, what a matchup that's going to be this weekend. The two number ones uh, going, going head-to-head in a sudden death final. Um, and, I, and for me, Teddy's got to, to outplay Turbo for them to get the points this weekend. It is a mouth-watering matchup, isn't it? There's another matchup that I want us to have a look at as well, and that involves Tommy's brother, Jake Trebojevic, who yeah. did everything he could to drag his side back into the contest last weekend, and Victor Radley, who was battered and bruised and still in absolutely everything. You've got the excitement of the fullbacks, and then you've got the gritty, bloody battle <laughs> that will happen between these two. Yeah, they're really tough players, and they're, they're probably the leaders of their forward pack in some regards. You know, Victor Radley, so young, um, you know, Jared Weir Hargreaves, we look at the leader. Victor Radley, you know, he come up with, he looked like he was going to go off with like potentially a concussion or, or he'd done his shoulder. And then the set of six later, he comes up that line break and goes back to the inside to Tedesco to, to get him back in front or, or kick out the lead. So big play, um, ball play. They both play that ball playing 13 role so well. Um, if you think about Jake, Jake would have been, he would have slept for about four days after that semi-final on Friday. There was one stage in the first half where he knocked the ball down, they said six to go, and he literally just knocked it out of the players' hands. He was absolutely out on his feet. And then Des made him play 80 minutes and go to dummy half in the last yeah. 10 minutes. He was absolutely drained. So you're right, that's the key. So that, that's the link between the forwards and the backs, isn't it? The 13 now, especially the way these two sides play with the ball playing 13. So the forwards get a roll, they, they link passes, they come up with some big plays. They, they both will shoot out the line and come up with a big tackle for the big moment as well. So they're not afraid to hurt their own bodies to, to come up with a big play for their team. 48 tackles, I think, last weekend yeah. for Jake Trebojevic. He will be hoping he doesn't need <laughs> yeah. to make that yeah. many this weekend. The Roosters are missing Torquiaho, and for a pack that has had to overcome so many challenges this year, Robbie, that's a big loss. Another massive loss, yeah. We're leading, uh, losing so much leadership already throughout the year, so it doesn't help when, uh, when Torquiaho is going to be missing this weekend. But they've done it all year. We, we've written them off at many mm. times throughout the year. We keep saying they can't win this weekend, they're, they're missing too many players. And they keep showing up. And again, no one's going to give them a chance this weekend. I don't think. Manly are going to go into this game as favourites. Uh, but yeah, they'll have players step up. I think that's what they've built through that club you know, over the last you know, probably decade. Now that Robbo's been there, um, that that respect and pride in the jersey. No matter the 17 they put out on the park, they go out and perform to the best of their ability. And they'll be expecting someone else to step up. Nat, Nat Butcher comes in. Egan Butcher's been doing a really good job for them. Um, the young kids will have to step up this weekend. Do you agree, Manly clear favourite? Not clear favourite, no. Not clear favourites, no. but everyone, yeah. You know, Man, Manly I would expect Manly to yeah. win. I think we're running. I think you expect Manly 
a week ago we're expecting Manly. It was Manly was a potential chance to beat Melbourne. Yeah. So they don't lose how good they are in one week because they got a lesson put on them by Melbourne. So you think Manly are favourites to win, but I wouldn't say they're massive favourites to win. I wouldn't. You're right. The culture yeah. of the Roosters just continually yeah. defies the odds and keeps telling you that they won't beat themselves. They won't play as bad as I think they played last week. They'll play much better than that last week. Yeah. But so will Manly have to play better to, to get over the top of them? I, I just think. At this time of year, you need consistency in your 17, uh, and that's the one thing Manly do have. I know they're coming off the back of a, a really poor performance last week against a, a Storm side, but they've pretty much named the same 17. I know uh, Lachlan Croker missed mm. last week, but he's back in. He's been there uh, you know, for, for the whole year, and, and they've got stability right across their 17, whereas with the Roosters, we've seen you know, players coming in, coming in and coming out through injury. So I think the one benefit for, for Manly this weekend is, is that consistency they've got in their side. That's your Friday night in Mackay sorted. It's sold out, as is Saturday night. Let's have a look at that game now. The Panthers taking on the Eels, also at BB Print Stadium. Battle of Sydney's West. Penrith first and a couple of big inclusions for Ivan Cleary's men. Dylan Edwards is back. So Stephen Crichton shifts to the wing and Charlie Staines drops out of the 21. Moses Leota takes his place in the front row. Matt Eisenhuth makes way. Viliami Kikau will start. Liam Martin moves to the bench. Scott Sorensen comes onto the bench with Spencer Lenu moving to the 18th man. And Tyron May could make an early return from an MCL injury. He's been named on an extended bench. For the Eels, Nathan Brown has overcome a cork to be named. Ryan Madison is back on the bench with Makahesi Makatoa dropping back to 18th man. Of course, remembering that Melbourne awaits the winner of this game. Jens, starting with the coaches, do you reckon we'll hear much from Ivan Cleary this week? Mm, he's... Had a lesson put on him, hasn't he, last week? Mm. It was a good challenge. It was a great challenge. But duel between um, Ivan and uh, obviously Wayne. I, I agree that there has to be a better process because once it becomes public knowledge, and, and again, the referees are only human, so they and the and the officials and bits of once you hear it and read about, it, there's no way you get, you don't go into a game of football and somewhere in the back of your mind are you thinking about the comments that were made by Wayne or by Ivan the last few days. But if there's a forum that the coaches can go and complain to the NRL, to Graham Annesley, and then Graham Annesley obviously has to then let all the other coaches know what's happened behind closed doors. But they do that anyway, don't they? Well, the coaches well, have the ability to, to speak to the ref's boss through the week. That's right. I know, but, I know coaches yeah. do that all well, the time. Well, then they must have direction to then give the outcomes of what they're going to police and how they're going to do it. So it doesn't have to become public knowledge. Sounds a lot less fun. It was, it was great. It's, it puts it on the front of the page. It keeps us talking about it. It's a drama. It's a yeah. blow. It's bits and pieces. Again, Wayne's coached 35 years and seven premierships. So it's probably, you know, Ivan felt like he had to say it, but then it's backfired in some regards because he's got egg on his face because they got beat. They didn't get a performance and what outcome did they get from it? So I just think it distracted his players. Though. Yeah, he, he, didn't need a, he didn't need to air his dirty laundry publicly mm. because it distracted his players. Well, if you've got a problem, go to the refs. Boss behind closed doors and, and raise those issues, but to air them publicly, I think it put Penrith off their game. Uh, you know, I, I think they weren't themselves on the weekend. They were they were worried about you know things that were out of their control. Uh, you know, they they obviously went with at Blake Taft with their kicking game, but I think you know, that when that mm. completely completely ruined their their game plan as well. I think they went overboard with that. I think out of you know I think 95 percent percent of the kicks went straight down the middle of the park, whereas. Yeah, in the past we've seen a variety of kicks from Nathan Cleary, but he took away that that arsenal out of his his kit bag because he was so adamant or so concerned about trying to put Blake Taff under pressure. And um, and I know you will talk about it soon, but I've named Nathan Cleary as my game breaker for the weekend because you know I think that he needs to get back to leading this team the way he should this weekend. And and last week I don't think he did that. I think 
he got out outpointed by Adam Reynolds. Um, and, and I'm not saying he had a bad game, but I just think that yeah, he was a little bit off his best on the weekend. And and for me, there were just there were some uncharacteristic parts of his game where normally he shows control and composure and you know, really just has that game management. And I don't think he had that last weekend. Maybe dinner on Thursday night when he had a conversation with Dad. Maybe there were a bit of it. Now, the other thing yeah. about Penrith, I'll ask you a question. Like, Melbourne Storm are a team and South Sydney sort of look like a team that when plan A is not working, they can switch to plan B and plan C. Mm. Penrith are a side, in my mind, they just play their shape and structure continuously. So if you can defend that, you actually can beat them. Yeah. Do they have a plan B or is it literally Nathan Cleary coming up with plan B? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I'm not sure. Um, oh, I think last week as well, they and people probably undermiss underestimate the players they were missing. Dylan Edwards got ruled out, Moses Leota, and they were two massive losses against um, against the Rabbitohs. Um, Scotty Sorensen comes back onto the bench this weekend. I think uh, yeah, he's going to provide a lot more variety for him. You know, with, with Tavita Pengo, I think you've got to get him into the game. You've got to get kick out. You know, we've spoken at yeah. times about... And it's the same with Turbo. You can't just give Turbo the ball. We spoke about against <laughs> Melbourne. They just You've got to get him in opportunities yeah. to create. And it's the same with kick out. You've got to get him isolated one-on-one and you can't just give kick out of the ball and go, oh, here you go, let's create something for us. So, and that's up to the halves. And I think that's where the plan B has got to come into it. Um, yeah, it's finding ways to get your star players into the game and not just expecting them to make something happen. Let's talk about those two big inclusions in a moment. But first, the halves and Jerome Luai, who headed to Origin in such incredible form. We saw him maintain that form throughout the successful Origin series for New South Wales. How hard is it, Noddy, particularly for someone who's new to that arena, to then switch back and bring that form back into clubland? Yeah, well, it's, you know, the, the thing that Penrith did is they, they didn't rest players at the end of the year because they had players that were unavailable for sort of five or six weeks leading into the finals because they were injuries. Injuries or, you know, Fisher-Harris, goes home for the birth of his child. So it disrupts since Brian Tuo has surgery and misses a, mm. a lot of weeks. So Brian Tuo plays on that left edge, which is outside Jerome Luai. So you lose your strike winger. So it's very hard to be consistent for the whole season. You're going to have some lulls again as a halfback. I, I thought Cody Walker won the battle. You, you, you spoke about Reynolds winning the battle over Nathan Cleary with his kicking game and game management. Mm. Well, I thought Cody Walker sort of challenged Jerome Luai a little bit. There's bits and pieces of pushing and, that, and, and niggling. At, he sort of got in front of him and got over the top of him, which then frustrated him. We saw Jerome Luai come up with, you know, they weren't going to win the match at the end of the game, but, he, you know, come up with a big error out of dummy half. So they, they sort of rattled them a little bit and put yeah. them all off. They looked very nervous. And, 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 you know, that comes back to the coach. You know, I think they, you know, Ivan Cleary's under a little bit of pressure here about taking the side to the next level. There's some been some reflections or some yeah. similarities to a Brian Smith who could get teams there but couldn't take that next step. So they look, as Robbie said, yeah. they look really nervous Penrith last weekend. So that... That nervousness can come from above and send it down to the players. And then the key players being off, that's not your... You want your halves, you want your game managers, you want the key players to be nice and calm and relaxed. And if something goes wrong, they're like, hey, boys, come over here. It's OK, we'll get back to this and, and move on in a different way. They do have a couple of those key players back this weekend, as you mentioned, in both Dylan Edwards and yeah. Moses Leota. Two massive inclusions for mm. them, Robbie. And Dylan Edwards, especially, they aimed up last week, undoubtedly, but lacked some of that attacking intent. And that's a big... Thing that he brings. Yeah, and it allows Crichton to go back to the yeah. wing, which adds to their, their yardage carries in, in in the backfield. I think last week, obviously, they struggled to make metres coming off their own end. Brian Toto, South did a great job on, on nullifying him as well. I thought he he didn't make as many metres as he usually does, and, and he's, a, he's the man that gets the Penrith sets on the front foot, and that's been a massive weapon for them this year. Um, so Dylan Edwards comes back, 
Crichton goes back to the wing. So now you've got Crichton and, uh, and Toa bringing the ball back. I think that really uh, adds a lot to their game. And then you've got Dylan Edwards, who obviously is always buzzing around the ball. He's such a fit player. He's on the ball. He's, he's supporting up the middle. He's creating opportunities. So you know, I think they really missed his uh, impact last week. I think it's more... More the support running, yeah. the half a line break because he's always there. Stephen Crichton's not really a fullback yet and doesn't have that ability to def- you know support every play. But the half a line break, the the bit of an opportunity, all of a sudden Dead Edwards pops up yeah. and goes through. Then it, then that allows that unstructured football in the back of half a line break to yeah. a full line break to they shift to the other side of the field and and then as you said you you know it just it opens up and Moses Leota is good for him because it gets you he'll get you momentum mm. you know. Good, powerful runner of the ball, low-framed, great leg speed, gets momentum. They couldn't get any momentum last week for, to play off the back of because South did just such a great job defensively. But you're right, there's no, there is no excuses for Penrith this week. There was, you know, you could, you could say their excuses last week. They're blown off the park. They, they got beat by a better side and a better game plan. They looked nervous. Well, now. Well, did they, did they actually just think they were going to win last week and go straight through the, to the semi-final? Because there was another Latrell Mitchell. Did they get a bit of a, a wake-up call at the right time rather than getting a wake-up call after getting knocked out? Yeah, that can launch them. Let's yeah. look at their opposition in the Eels. And Mitchell Moses, to begin with, Noddy, he's yeah. your game-breaker yeah. for this game. And we really saw him against the Knights last weekend play that eyes-up footy, take the ball to the line. That's right, yeah. Well, yeah. We saw that a few weeks ago. Mitchell Moses running the ball. You know, they beat Parra- they beat the Melbourne Storm, which was a great success for them. They got their season back on track. And it came on him running the ball. So he had one try last week, one try assist. He had 15 runs for 145 metres. So that's a lot of runs for a halfback and kick the ball for 592 metres. So, yeah, build a game plan, manage pressure out through a kicking game, run the ball, ask questions. You know, I said pre-off last week, Mitchell Pearce and Mitchell Moses can so often just get caught and catch, pass and bomb from the halfway. Mm. That wasn't how he played last week, especially in the second half. He, he, he ran the ball, he took the line on. Um, it was like, obviously, the wind there in, in last weekend was horrendous to play with as well. So uh, I thought that's been he, one of his best performances. And there's a lot of pressure, unfortunately, on Mitchell Moses being the star at Parramatta in such a premiership drought that they're going through. He carries that famous number seven jersey at Parramatta, so he carries that pressure. And then that was a performance last week that he's got to get on the back of and go, I lead this side around, I'm the star of this team, and if I run the ball, they all get busy, they all get excited, and I can make all my friends jump on board with me. And they were tough defence. They made some big collisions. Mm. You know, they, 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 they bashed the Newcastle Knights coming out of yardage. Great line speed, physicality, but that doesn't score your points. That gives you a chance to score points, and then Moses obviously was the finishing touches. Let's talk about some of that physicality then, because the likes of Regan Campbell, Gillard, Junior, Paulo, they really won that yeah. upfront battle. Can they do that again this week? Yeah, I think having Campbell Gillard back was, mm. I think everyone under, underestimated his impact on that side and his aggression, his line speed. Uh, yeah, he really led from the front. Uh, him and Junior Paulo, and this week coming up against uh, Fisher Harrison, and uh, that's a mouthwatering clash, isn't it? Fisher Harrison and Mo. Um, and sorry, Campbell Gillard, and, and then you throw in Junior Paulo, who is a big body. He's got you know, such great footwork. He's got an offload, and then you and then you've got the the leg speed of, of Moses Leota. So I think uh, you know, that battle in the middle is going to go a long way. And we, and we speak about it so many times about how your halves can only play off the back of the platform that your forwards lay. And this game, whilst the halves will probably get the headlines at yeah. the end of the the game, I'm sure. If Penrith win, it'll be oh, Nathan Cleary led them to a victory. But he can only lead them to a victory if your forwards win that battle in the middle. And that's a that's a mouth-watering clash in the middle of the park. And the funny thing about it is Regan Campbell-Gillard, Brad Arthur should say, you know what, they sold you. They, they moved you on, Penrith. They got, you know, oh, yeah. we, we picked you up. We showed you some love. We <laughs> love you. Know, he won't you know, forget that. 
And, and, you never you know, forget that. Yeah, so I think Brad Arthur has a little bit of, uh, you know, load the fire a little bit this week, and he's playing against his former club, playing against some former mates, and just, just let him know that who pushed him out the door. And then let him loose. Yeah. Does RCG have another gear? And indeed, do the Eels? Because they were good against the Knights, but they will need to take it to another level to beat the Panthers. Yeah, well, I think if you go back to that match a few weeks ago that got their season back on track, they beat the Melbourne Storm, who were going to, to break the record for 20 victories on their own. So they have the ability to win big games. They have the ability to flick that switch and play. Um, they'll know that they've probably got to go to a new level to beat Penrith. The, the arm wrestle will go for the 80 minutes. Again, last week, there were some patches where they were really good Parramatta, but also there were some patches where the Newcastle Knights looked like winning the game. So you can't really afford to, to concede points when you're not going great, but you need to stay in the game to be able to to win when the points are coming your way. So there is another gear for both these sides. It's, it's again, it's a great time of year. It goes up another level next week and then it gets to the grand final and it goes up a whole new level again. So good challenge, good clashes, the battle of the West. It's, it's, for the NRL, it's a promoter's dream because we get the battle of the West in week two of the semifinals. We get Penrith versus Melbourne or Parramatta versus Melbourne, potentially a grand final a week before the grand final. Mm. Like, yeah, the, the ratings should be through the roof this year for how good the... how. The clashes of these matches are going to be the, the style of football, the excitement, um, and the fact that no one can go and watch them. And we're all in lockdown. <laughs> but it is an excitement. It's a night yeah. on the couch, yes, for Sydney's yeah. West, but yeah. it is a boost and a level of excitement that we all need right now. Yeah. All right, it all kicks off, of course. Week two of the finals on Friday night. No second chances from here. We'll see semi-final footy with the Seagulls meeting the Roosters first up. And you can catch it all on Fox Sports, on KO, on Sky Sports, New Zealand, on Channel 9, and on Watch NRL for our international viewers. Now, both games are sold out in Mackay this weekend, which is awesome. Awesome to see and their memories that absolutely those communities will take for a very long time. There are still tickets available to Suncorp Stadium the following weekend. NRL.com forward slash tickets if you can get along. Interestingly, this week we heard the NRL move that Melbourne Storm clash on Saturday evening to Saturday afternoon, a 4pm kickoff, so that it doesn't clash with the AFL Grand Final. What do you think about that, Noddy? A sensible move or they should have held their ground? <laughs> a very sensible move. I think the AFL Grand Final, you're not even an AFL fan, but you're going to watch a Grand Final day for the celebration, for the fest, you know, the music beforehand. And the game, we, we, we are dumb to go and compete against like, a, uh, it's like having a game of football on Melbourne Cup Day or on, on Bledisloe or AFL Grand Final Day. Let these special events happen, but you just work in and around them because we'd lose fans if we didn't change the time slot. And what a Saturday afternoon and evening it yeah. makes for when we can yeah. settle in from early Harvo for this game and then leading into the AFL Grand Final. Sports marathon, yeah. perfect. And then EPL afterwards. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what an afternoon Back. and evening. Have you got that jersey hiding Rugby over league, there somewhere? AFL, could, we, we EPL. Get, <laughs> we'll go, <laughs> is there a Melbourne... Uh, something, uh, you'll a go, horse you'll, racing in yeah. the afternoon. Who needs to you'll go Melbourne beautiful. Storm Vic into the Grand Final. Melbourne Demons win the... Oh, AFL. stop oh. it. Stop <laughs> it. You're taking his work. Yeah. Don't take his job away from him. On the topic of predictions, tell me, what's the prediction coming out of semi-final weekend? I like what Robbie said last week about the fullbacks getting man in the match. So there'll be two halfbacks, I think, to get man in the match in victories this weekend. I don't know who they'll be. I'm just going to say that, as you said, like the forwards are going to lay the platform. The backs are going to have to do, do some courageous things or score some great tries, bits and pieces. But I think whoever wins the matches, the halfback will be the star and the man of the match in the victories. I like it. Mm. Robbie? Uh, can I go a draw in the battle between Tedesco and Turbo? I can't. I can't. How are we going to rule go, on that? I'm just going to go two tries, two tries apiece. They're both going to yeah. score a double. 
It is I'm sitting on the fence. Yeah. Sitting on yeah. the fence. Yeah, brilliant. Look, yeah. I think that's all right. I mean, going hard hasn't necessarily worked throughout the year. I think hedging your bets. Yeah. Two tries each is... Yeah, it's not a bad game. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be an absolute crap. That'll be exciting. If there's two tries mm. each from Tedesco and Turbo, we, we know it's, what's that, 24 points scored and... Someone else will score and it's exciting and the two number ones will be pretty special. Cannot wait. Friday night and Saturday night. Enjoy the footy this weekend, gents. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today as well. Enjoy semi-final footy this weekend. And we'll see you right back here on NRL Teams next Tuesday. See you soon.